Hello and welcome into another special episode of Off Topic. I'm Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino. Joining me today, it's Haber. I'm, hey, I'm like vibing to that huh? music. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was some head-bopping music right there. I, I like something it. about it. It just gets me just in the right mood. Uh, Haber and I were, uh, well, let me start this over. Uh, obviously, the schedule for this week is a little different. It's actually the same for where we are currently, but I'm posting this next week, so... It's where either in the past or you're in the future. But either way, uh, Haber is joining me for kind of an extra show here. Well, not extra, it's replacing. Haber was on earlier this week, although it's last week for those who are watching this live. I, time is really a, a difficult construct for me. But anyway, Haber, I had like a lot of things to talk to ask Haber about, uh, but we were just talking about something completely unrelated. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. This should just be part of the show. And then we started talking about that, something else on top of that. So we'll get through that. Let's go back to the fact that you now stream almost daily with a, just like your subconscious out loud in So Rare. How, how's that been going? Oh, I love it. Um, I was literally saying just before we started recording, like every conversation I have is podcast worthy and not because I think I'm really interesting, but just because of the way that the conversations go, it usually starts with me doing an incredibly long monologue, having someone else's feedback, them doing a monologue, then, you know what I mean? That's just how it always goes. It's just podcast form. Um, but my routine for a while, for the two weeks I got back from holiday was I would play TFT, which is like a League of Legends spinoff, whilst having on this monitor, so rare and so rare data, and then on this monitor, like a TV show. And it was just literally so rare all day, pretty much, until I had to work um, and do like an hour of work and then I, back to doing so rare again. So I was like, I might as well stream it because it, I, I guarantee there was so many people doing something similar where they were either working or they were working from home or they were doing something and they had so rare on and like they would have something else on their other monitor. Why not have an actual so rare stream on? Because bar NEP, NEP was doing it for a while and I loved having NEP stream on, but NEP's not really doing it right now. So I thought, might as well fill in. I might as well be baby nap. <laughs> I will say that there was a part of me. So I sporadically would catch nap streams live. And I think part of the reason I don't, I personally don't like streams is my own schedule that like, I can't get there live. And if I'm not there live, it's like, you can't really participate in the chat. And that part I find really fun. And so the, I would go to like catch up on his streams and it was like Nepenthe's stream for nine hours and 46 minutes. And I'm like, I don't have nine hours to sit here and watch. And, and yet, and then I talked to him, I'm like, how do you have anything to talk about for nine hours? But it's the same conversation I have with my wife when she's like, how do you have enough to talk about to stream every day? And I was like, there's, I could stream 10 hours a day. And then I say yeah. that out loud and I'm like, oh, I get the nep thing. I had a conversation with Nep that was probably very private uh, that I'm going to share with everyone now that he was starting to uh, feel some, not doubt, but it was just kind of like the, what happens if all of this just goes to zero? And I was like, I don't know, but who cares? Like we're having fun now. Like, sure. It, we know it can all go to zero. And he's like, no, but really like, what if it goes to zero? And I'm like, it goes to zero, then what, yeah. whatever it is. And I think he was like, I have to stop talking about sort of nine hours a day for a little bit. 
maybe he has real work to do or whatever it was, but he did seem like the streams like settled down. And then you started and I was like, man, and yours, yours yesterday was like four hours. I'm like, all right, we're getting closer to like where I can, uh, where I can get it all in. But I told you that the other day that your stream had like just ended. And I was like, I'm going to catch up. And like the YouTube doesn't show like the live chat immediately. And I'm like, come on YouTube. But like, I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of like, just, I realize how much of so rare is both really individual and just the opposite. Like you can't really do it just by yourself. You always want to know like what other people think of an idea or you get news from other people, but in the end, like it's your money, your cards and like your lineups. And so there is this kind of like fun ability to, to stream, like you say, for hours where you can just like throw out everything you're thinking and you do get some feedback. And so it's like the fun, it's a fun part of it. Oh, it, it's the best part of it. I think so rare, like so rare is a never ending conversation realistically, because there's never anything like, you know, if there's ever a period of the stream where I, I'm, th I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe I've spoke about this too long. All of a sudden in the chat, somebody's asking a question about their gallery and it just sparks a whole new avenue. But it's funny you should mention that NEP conversation. I'll be, I'll be completely honest. I, I truly do. I think Sora will go to zero. I think sometime in the next five years, well, maybe not zero, but I think sometime in the next five to 10 years, so rare ceases to exist. And am I worried about that? No, because I'll be honest with you. Like, I think that the, if so rare went to zero, there'd be another so rare hmm. because the concept is so fundamentally, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. I want to, I keep wanting to use the word addicting, but it's quite a dangerous word when you're talking about like this kind of area, but it's so like enticing and so exciting and so desirable to play that I don't think there'll ever be a world where that concept doesn't exist, but there is definite potential for so rare itself to go to zero. But like, am I, I'm not really worried about that because at the moment, like I love this so much. I don't, I, I don't withdraw. I, I haven't withdrawn for over a year. I've sunk so much money into it, but like, Am I worried? Am I upset that I don't have that money right now? Not really. I know because I love playing. I love looking at those little pixels on a screen and seeing a dark green score from someone that I believed in, and they're actually starting to play really well and stuff. Like it's just so, like so. I don't care if it goes to zero. I, I really don't. Well, granted, I probably won't play if it goes to zero, but I'll play the next so rare, and then the next one after that, and the next. Like it's completely changed my life. I don't think I'll ever not play fantasy sports now for the rest of my life. Whereas a year and a half ago, I didn't even know the first thing about fantasy sports. I was thinking the other day that if Sora goes to zero and theoretically everything goes to zero at some point, it's just at whether it's five years, 10 years, 50 years, who knows, but it's really the everything around it and about so rare that I would miss as opposed to the money. Yeah. That's like that. I mean, losing that money obviously would be a bummer, but yeah. to be honest, the, Every cent that I put on so rare, I just considered is gone. Like I don't. Yeah, same. Yeah, literally the exact so, same. Like, I always thought of it as like I'm spending money. I'm not investing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the, the value of our of our galleries, if it goes up, now we know we're doing well in the game. Like that's more important to me than the money itself. But yeah, it's just everything around it that. And obviously, so rare goes to zero. I'm looking for another job which would be a bummer because looking for a job is kind of a pain in the ass, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, just, it, it's really just everything about so rare that I really like. And I was thinking about 
what you were saying, whether it's addicting or not. And I was trying to consider like, what, what are the real differences? And I'm sure there's like some psychiatrist out there who could explain this very easily, but like the difference between something that I'm addicted to, as opposed to just being obsessed with. And like, am I just obsessed with so rare? Like, I love it so much that I just want to keep doing it. Or am I addicted to it? Is it something I have to have? And the more I thought about that, the more I was like, no, I need to focus on getting more FC Midgeland cards. <laughs> Don't let these negative thoughts get in the way of that. I realized I had an addiction-ish. Like, again, because that word is, it's a dangerous word. The, what, what The connotations to that word are what make it a dangerous word. When I, when I say I'm addicted to so rare, I don't mean in the sense that if I was addicted to a drug, for example, and I have to have it and stuff, I mean that it's on my brain all the time but not in an unhealthy way. Like it's on my brain with positive, like I, you know, if, a, if one of my players gives up a penalty, I'm not crying in a dark room and shaking back and forth, feeling sick. I, it is what it is. Like, you know, yeah. the, I had a really good lineup in the midweek and unfortunately one of my players didn't play and I, whatever, you know, it happens. But then if my players do really well, the dopamine of, of you know, getting a podium is like, it is like crack. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I would say I'm addicted to it. And I realized that I, I, have a really strong connection with so rare when i started having so rare related dreams and nightmares <laughs> because i would legitimately have a dream or a nightmare where i had a really good lineup and someone wouldn't play or they'd give away a penalty or something and i'd wake up check my phone check so rare data and realize okay the game's not until tomorrow night we're good we're there's still potential and i would genuinely have dreams like that all the time like I would have dreams that I had all five of my players hit a hundred points. Like whenever I have a lineup that does really well, most of the time I get an, a discord notification from the Panthers saying, Oh, go on, Habes. And that guy's trying to jinx me, by the way. He's not, he's not actually saying it in a nice way. He's trying to jinx me. I know, I know I'm familiar with his game. He's trying to jinx me, but I've genuinely had dreams where I've had the discord notification from Nep saying, go on, Habes, check my lineup. And he's doing insane in a dream, wake up and it's not. So that's what I realized. Like, okay. I really do love this game to pieces. And, and I, I, yeah, I do think like, I, it, it's so rare. It's uh, maybe going to zero is a bit harsh in hindsight. I think so rare will be a fundamentally different game in five or 10 years. I don't, because I don't think there's a possibility in where you can mint a thousand limited cards a year and keep up in 10 years time with the demand that seems to be struggling to keep up now. Right? Like there's only a finite amount of people that eventually will be able to buy these cards uh, and unless they somehow become such a mainstream company like FPL, for example, I don't know if it'll be like that. I think it'll be a fundamentally different game by then. But like I said, if the concept's the same, I'll always play it. Yeah, it's they like the, the whole concept they nailed. Yeah, and it's just it's a matter so, of like execution. So good. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up Net because I was going to at some point. <laughs> you said on our last show together, it was a strategy show with Sean that if it wasn't for net, you'd be like a hundred thousand dollars richer. Uh, but what was the, what was the way that you like got into Sora? Like, was it seeing Nep talk about Sora or what was the initial way that Sora got on your radar? Originally it was Nep talking about it. So Nep started talking about Sora and um he was just like making passing comments saying he was you know and he wasn't even heavily invested in himself either he was just like sort of gradually talking about it um and we used to be on discord calls like all the time at night time like chatting and stuff and he would always talk about so rare every now and then 
and I finally give it a go. Now, when I finally give it a go, I didn't really give it a go. I bought like five random limited cards. I didn't use survey data. Like the cards I bought as well were terrible. And I and I had no idea who I was buying. And then I didn't play it for like three months. I came back and realized what I was doing. But um, that was kind of what first got me into it. But what really sucked me in mainly was it was almost like a competitive thing. I don't think Nep realizes this, but for me, it was like this competitive thing, right? Where when I first really started looking at So Rare, I looked at how Nep played it and thought, I think that I could play that better than you do. Like, I was like, I would not buy those players. I would buy these players and I would buy that guy. And I think that's a much better idea and a much better strategy. So when I first really got into So Rare was because I wanted to almost prove that my strategy was better Whereas now I feel like I'm more mature and realize actually like there's no single better strategy. We all just play the game differently. But at the time it was like a competitive thing and that's what really got me hooked. And then it was, it was over from there. So I have like thousands of questions because the, the whole like FIFA to Sorer thing is really interesting to me because it was obviously somewhere that, so rare thought they could gain users, right? So yeah, like, and I feel like in the most basic sense, it makes sense. The this, these are people who really love like football games and they love spending money, and that's you enough. Do. And it it just kind of felt like the more I thought about it, the less. I noticed that one of the comments, where did I see this? I don't know if it was in the, in like the replies to Nep's tweet about asking people who play foot, like why they don't do so rare, but there, it seemed like the biggest difference really is if you want to be, if you want to get into so rare, like you kind of have to like fantasy sports, like fundamentally it's a fantasy sport and it's not, a video game that you control of like what happens and, or at least you try to control. And so like the more I thought about the overlap between FIFA and so rare, like the less actual overlap I saw, like the Venn diagram started like separating. And I'm just like curious. Cause you were like, you just said it before, like b- before a year and a half ago, you had never played fantasy sports. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. was it actually like, did you even care that it was a fantasy sports game or did you think, Oh, I can flip cards. Like at some point you had to look at so rare and be like, yes, I want to play this fantasy sport. Or was it just the, Oh, I know what that is and I can beat Nep. And so I'm just going to do that. Um, to be honest, it's, it will sound a bit stupid when I say it out loud, but it does make sense in my head. I never thought of Sora as fantasy sports at first. I didn't actually know what, I didn't even understand the concept of what a fantasy sport was. Uh, apologies, someone's going really loud down my road. I don't know if that comes through on the mic or not, but um, so I, I hadn't really even processed the idea of what a fantasy sport even was. I had no idea. I'd never heard those terms before in a in a setting where I'd I would actually listen and, and try and understand what they meant um to me Sora was a completely new thing in a completely new sector and it was just its own entity in my head so i i i'd never looked at fantasy sports before oh i have an interest in fantasy sports to me so rare isn't fantasy sports necessarily it's so rare and it's a, just its own thing um 
the more I sort of have got into Sora, I've realized the concept has actually been going on for so long, like the fantasy sports concept. And obviously, like Sean, for example, was massive in fantasy sports before Sora and stuff like that. And he's someone that's taught me a lot about fantasy sports. Um, but yeah, to me, it was just its own thing. On the topic of the, the FIFA community thing, um, and it's not to disrespect because I, I do know some of the marketing guys at Sora, and I think like some of them are really good guys in what they what they do. I think Sora approached marketing just completely wrong, and it, it's a, a bit of a. My dad owned a marketing company himself, and I, so I've always thought of myself as someone that's really understood marketing a bit more than your average YouTuber. Mm. To me, it's like I think Sora approached that all wrong, and I think Sora's approach should have all, already been like that. Their demographic is, I agree with you, not FIFA their demographic should have been realistically football. Like they, they approached people like Danny Aaron's and Chris MD and things like that. And these guys all have younger audiences who can't even play so well, really. Like they don't have money. They don't have the time they're in school. They're they're You know what I mean? They don't have time to, they don't have the ability to watch football across the world. They don't have the ability to, to really fall in love with a platform like so rare. Um, they shouldn't be a target realistically that what Sora should have done and, and channels that I think were prime for Sora marketing net, I think is perfect because Nep's audience is not a young audience for FIFA. He has a really, a, a lot of an older audience within the FIFA community. And that's always shown on his streams because he gets so many interested people in Sora on his streams, but then people like true Geordie or, or these like football based channels that have a, an older audience should have been their, their primary demographic in my opinion. Um, and I feel like that would have been a lot more successful as a marketing strategy. I also think it should have been a bit more aggressive. Like it took them months to start getting FPL people. Like who, who were they afraid of? Like, I want to see aggression. I want to see them like aggressively target a, a sector and try and bring all the audience from that sector over. I want them to fleece FPL. I want, I don't want people playing FPL anymore. I don't think I'll ever play FPL again. I have no interest in FPL anymore. Now I've played so rare. I think it's the most boring thing in the world. And I want other people to think like that. Like that should have been a, 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 a priority as well for so rare. But instead, I think they put a lot of money into this massive campaign around the World Cup and a little bit after. And I think they got burned a little bit because it just didn't really work because I don't think that they the demographic and, and who they targeted was thought through properly. Um, and I hope that in the new summer, I, I, I believe from what I've heard, some of their strategies make a lot of sense. And and uh, I think they've dropped a lot of people as well from their marketing campaign. And I think like they're, they're going to have a lot more success moving forward. Um, but yeah, I think like primarily it wasn't the right strategy for them. And I do agree like that Venn diagram, it just foot sheriff is an interesting one. Do you know foot sheriff, the big FIFA account? So he's a big Twitter account. Like, like the, I couldn't be more disconnected from FIFA to be honest. So Foot Sheriff is somebody that does so a lot of so rare related brand deals and stuff, gets big numbers. Um, he was an interesting one because he gets a lot of big numbers with with his so rare related tweets. But like again, a lot of the replies are the same as Net. They're just not interested in so rare. But he's an interesting one because he's he just loves so rare now. He's like me, he just loves it. He just plays it a lot. Um, and I think that's that could also be a good strategy. He's trying to target the people that you think would actually love the platform, like mm-hmm. Net. I, I can't believe that Nep doesn't get paid by so rare to just talk about it in every video. If it was me, it's like the perfect guy. Give that man a bag. That's so uh, there's like 17 things that you said that I wanted to touch on. Let me just quickly go to the FPL thing. So you've played FPL though. Like you had, you I have experience playing bit. fantasy sports. Kind of. So I played FPL mainly because my friends played it and yeah. it was like a, 
oh, we'll do an FPL league this year. By December, I stopped playing it because yeah. realistically, like, the there, there just wasn't dopamine in in gaining points in FPL. Like, if they did some, if they had a reward system, like, so rare, it basically would be so rare at that point. But yeah, like, the, that dopamine, that keeps you enticed. That keeps you excited, right? And also, like, what I hated about FPL was that you had to pay part of your points to change players and stuff like that. And it's just like... Or I can just go and buy someone off the market and so rare and put them in my team, you know? <laughs> uh, so back to the FIFA thing, or really NEP. So NEP not being like the the guy that they use to bring in new users is wild to me. I can't... Do you know what it... Right, I love John to bits, right? Absolutely love John. And John had... John now, right, is a great person to be like a, the poster boy of so rare because he's got a huge channel now. But before John blew up, to me, it made no sense that he was their main focus with marketing because his entire channel was built on SoRare. Who were they bringing in from John? Nobody. Like, it made sense that he was part of a lot of stuff that SoRare did because obviously he's part of the community and he's a recognized face to a lot of already existing users. But it never made sense to have John be the person that promoted So Rare for a lot of people because he literally built his entire audience at the time on So Rare. Now it makes a lot more sense. To me, I thought last year it should have been NEP. NEP should have been the, the one of the primary examples because NEP is... Not only is he obviously massive in FIFA, but he's a really recognizable face just in the UK. Um, what what with him, like he has a lot of really viral moments that are, have reached far beyond just a FIFA sort of stratosphere. And like, if you showed uh, someone around my age in the UK a picture of Nep, there'd be a lot of a lot of young males in the UK that know who Nep is. So I feel like he would have been someone that would have been able to grasp a lot of lot of reach with so rare. And that's really, I, I was shocked. I can't, I couldn't believe that Nep wasn't like the poster boy like he really should have been like the poster boy of so rare for a while i, I couldn't believe it yeah it, it is kind of funny the way that because i feel like john did things the, the the other way like obviously he started i mean he was doing football index and other types of content yeah. before but like he like you said like he built his audience with so rare and then expanded to so rare excuse me expanded out of so rare and like that's where everything took off so like you're right it would make more sense to get him now as opposed yeah. to before, because it doesn't, I mean, some of the stuff that has helped him get bigger is because of so rare. Like I get that. So like there, it's probably a little bit of the chicken and the egg thing, but yeah, it's almost like they, it's almost like they take advantage of Nep's enjoyment from so rare. And so they're like, we don't have to pay him because he's already yeah. talking about it a lot. Yeah. But what I think that they are missing out on completely is that he's not he doesn't do anything really to get new users. Like he he talks about so rare all the time cuz he loves it. But he's not doing any how do you get involved in so rare or yeah. when people are like so rare's a scam it, he has he feels no obligation to push back. Exactly. Exactly. And so he will push back simply by being like what do you mean? But if if they actually I mean, if he had some sort of deal with them, and not to say they need to like go pay him to do all this stuff, but maybe they should go pay him to do all this stuff. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I had the same conversation with Chani too, that like the, it's like, as soon as they get you to like the game, they're like, okay, we're done with that guy. Let's go convince this other one. And it's like, no offense to you guys, but like, that's not why they need you. They don't need you to play the game as much as you do. They need you to get new users in. And I don't know. It just, it's a weird it's a weird thing that 
they didn't go after those two. I was actually curious what the FIFA YouTuber community is like with each other. Like, do you guys, I mean, you were talking about how you like talk to NEP a lot. Is there a lot of like overlap there? And are there other FIFA YouTubers who are not into so rare or hate it? And you guys are like, no, 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 you should do this. Or do you pass them along to so rare? Like, is there any of that? Like, I don't know what that community is like. And I, I, I don't want to like compare it because I don't think that there are FIFA communities of people who are focused on just, you know, all of the teams in Argentina. And therefore there's a discord of FIFA Argentina people <laughs> like there is in, in so rare. Like, I mean, we joke, everybody joked, there's a so rare Croatia and a so rare Turkey. Like, I don't picture that happening in, in FIFA. And so not. correct me if I'm wrong, but like, is there at least some sort of community amongst the content creators that are like, we should all be doing so rare? Uh, no. No, there's not. Um, that I, I think me, Chani, and Nep are in terms of content creators. So the, it, like, it's very clicky in the Fever community. Um, I think there'd definitely be some people that would enjoy so rare if they came over, but there is absolutely zero interest from me, Chani, or Nep to go and try and get these guys involved because yeah. it's like it, it's a, like I would say I'm friends with a lot of the people in the community, like or I'd say my acquaintances. Like I get along with a lot of a lot of the guys, but I have no interest in trying to like go and and convince them to go and join so rare like they grown men like i don't really care um with with so rare there's that what i have noticed is there's a lot of smaller fifa accounts that especially were involved in trading on fifa that have come over to so rare and really enjoyed it and i think a lot a lot of those guys are because of me chani and nep talking about it a lot and really talk about the product a lot um but i don't think there will ever be a huge crossover and i think a lot of that is because the the biggest issue in the fifa community is that it's a very casual like um a very casual not really involved game in, in the sense that a lot of people grind it a lot but they don't they, they don't care too much about the actual players on fifa for example and there's no incentive to care more than just the game itself whereas on so rare it's not just like I don't just care about my my actual super rare card. I care about the player himself. I want him like I actually want my players to do well, even when they're not playing. I want them to do well. I want them to to be in good form and stuff like that. In FIFA, like people just use the most meta cards, and they're not they're not even players really. They're just they're just characters on the game at this point. Um, so I don't I actually don't think there'll ever be that that sort of mainstream crossover, and I don't think there'll ever be that mainstream interest either. I don't think fantasy sports is something that the FIFA community will ever really care about because they just want to play this video game that effectively is the same game every single year. And although I would love to sit there and be like, guys, that five grand you put into to FIFA every year, you could put into so rare, have more fun, make money out of it, and have it again in a year. They'd still rather put five grand into FIFA, play with the exact same players they played with the last year, and have the exact same thing. And then in September, when the new game comes out, they're back at zero again, and their five grand is burned. So, yeah. The whole like characters in a game thing is a really interesting view. Like, I'd never really thought of it that way, but it makes sense that they're really not footballers. They're just, yeah, like you said, characters in a game. I think part of the Part of the biggest, not difference really, but the ability to start over like that in FIFA, it already completely separates 
it from so rare. And obviously we could all just sell the Pavel, a topic we'll also get to in a little bit. Oh. But the, so like my son loves Chani's like rebuild videos. Yeah. And it's like, today I'm rebuilding Liverpool and tomorrow I'll do whoever, PSG. And next I'll do uh, Dortmund. And like, you can't really do that in so rare. And so not, not that he's making those videos to get people to play so rare. It's completely unrelated. Yeah. But, I, but the whole concept of like, I'm going to sit down and play FIFA. And I realize there are like a thousand different ways that you can like play FIFA, you know, like. But a lot of them are just like, I'm going to start from zero. And so rare is like fundamentally the total opposite of like, like the idea is like building a club over a long period of time and adding rewards and new players and all this stuff. And really like the more I, I consider what happens in FIFA, the less I think it ever made sense for so rare to go after them. <laughs> oh, 100%. I think the other thing, and uh, it's one thing that's it's a bit of a different point, but the one thing that I think a lot of people in the FIFA community will really struggle with is the idea that somebody that is terrible on FIFA is phenomenal in so rare. What, like, and, th- and it's really funny um, because, and there's another point I'll make in a minute as well, but it's really funny because the amount of like silver players in FIFA that you will never use, never care about, never even heard of that in so rare are these either monsters or budding under 23 talents and really expensive. It's hilarious. Like Ryan Cherky was a silver in FIFA this year. Uh, Batarina was a bronze, I think in FIFA this year and people like that. And it's like, and they are the lowest of the low rated, but in so rare, they are some of the most exciting prospects. Um, and I don't think, I think that would be something incredibly difficult for your casual average FIFA community person to get their head around because it like, it's not the same in and it's funny because when i first got into so rare i built a team of just good fifa players like one of my first purchases was ben yedder and don't get me wrong ben is not awful but like in fifa he's a monster in so rare he can be but most of the time he's not right and it's the same with kimpembe i bought kimpembe because in fifa he's one of the best in so rare not so much so yeah. yeah exactly and it's like so it's 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 funny and excuse me in that regard um I just oh, and the other point I was going to make was a lot of people in FIFA, and I'm going to target mainly the UK side of FIFA. Will pro- pretty much only watch the Premier League and only care about the Premier League. Um, whereas in and it's funny that the contrast in so rare, most people don't care about the Premier League and they care about the other. So rare. it's not abnormal in so rare to watch three or four different games of football a day when Europeans in full swing in the, on the weekend, it's not abnormal to watch five or six different leagues in a weekend. That's not abnormal in so rare. Uh, sorry. In FIFA, I talk about like, I'll pack somebody and be like, Oh, this guy was really good. I packed uh Ndai in a previous video, Papa Ndai, the guy from at I was yeah. like, this guy's a, a baller for a Danisport. He is a great scorer. And I got a comment and I almost posted that on my, my so rare Twitter, but I didn't. And it was like, bro, no one cares about you lying about watching the Turkish league. You know nothing about these guys. Stop trying to seem cool. I'm just like, I wish I could show you what my life is like post Sora. Like two days ago, I was up at 3 a.m. with two different MLS games on Apple TV watching Carlos Keel and, and Houston let me down. And like, I was, and when weekends in full swing, I'm watching anywhere from, from the Premier League to the freaking Austrian league. Like, Buddy, this is, and it's not abnormal either. That's a really normal thing. And it's not even impressive. But in the FIFA community, it's like mind blowing to these guys that you even watch 
the Scottish league, let alone the pre- like anything outside the Premier League. So I thought that was quite funny. I, I don't think that these guys in FIFA are really prepared to 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 force over. I don't think that there's this this like preparation because it's a lot of work as well. I think you look like no matter how hard you try in FIFA, you just won't be able to convert huge numbers over. It just won't happen. You need to find that that actual football audience or I think the other thing that could work is if you do try and go for a FIFA audience, but you go for just, a, in general, a, a, a very broad audience mm-hmm. and you you target nations based on their leagues. For example, Belgium, you you do a lot of targeted ad campaigns based on the Jupiler Pro League and in, in, in the Netherlands, you do a bunch of targeted ads based on the Eredivisie and so on and so forth. Like That also could be a decent strategy, but yeah, that, the FIFA community is not ready. That comment alone is why I know they're not ready. Yeah, no, I I actually always wonder like what so rare would be like if they had the prem from the beginning or like early on, but mm. it they had enough users without the prem that we all became well. I did. I don't want to talk to about anyone else. I became completely disinterested with the Premier League, yeah. and I used to follow it. I, I used to watch like six to all 10 matches every week because in the US it's actually shockingly easy to watch every match in the Premier League. But the as soon as I got into Sora and it's like, oh, like, uh, you know, Tottenham Chelsea's on today and I'm like, yeah, but Feyenoord's on. And yeah, I exactly. Watch that. Yeah. And like that idea is just like absurd to most people, which I completely understand. But so it does seem like so rare helps you at least not so much Let me start. Let me go back to actually a different point that you made. So you were saying like people play FIFA and they just want the meta cards and like that's all they care about. Yeah. Players. So obviously we all want that as well on Sora, but they're really expensive. And so you have to like do some more work and like work your way up to those players. And I feel like that scouting part doesn't transfer over to, to FIFA. Oh, not at all. And so I always like considered... Like the idea of like, oh yeah, you get FIFA players because they they know all of the, you, they know everyone because they play the game and so like they just know all these players. So when they come to Sora, they're like, oh yeah, I know that guy. And it took me a while to realize it's the total opposite. That yeah. well, not, it's not like you're going to play FIFA and you're like, oh, let me go get Batarina because he's just not good in the game or Cherky, but you know who they are because of Sora. And so mm-hmm. it's one of those weird things that I understand why people get or think that Sora is overwhelming because they look at that and they're like, I don't want to have to know who Batarina is. Or yeah. I was listening to the um, Sora Down Under podcast earlier this week and they were talking about how like, why isn't Sho Sasaki a household name around the world? And it's like, well, we, we all know why, but like we know who he is and we know he's really good. And yet if you went to somebody, you were like, you should play this new fantasy game. Here's this uh, K-League guy that, and it's like, they've already walked away. Yeah, and exactly. I'm, I'm just, I mean, obviously it's not easy to like find all of the people who would want to know who that is and then go buy their cards, but I'll just go back to it. It seems like, like, should they just stop trying to get the FIFA people? Um, I wouldn't say they should stop. Sorry, please pay me. Uh, I think that they should... I think there's a happy medium where they they I think they should they shouldn't focus it. I think yeah. that there are definitely some people in the FIFA area that would move over. I think there's a, a good 
like a good amount in in regards to in a comparison to so rare numbers there's a good amount of numbers that would come over in regards to fifa numbers i wouldn't say the number is that big it's like the fifa community is a big pond you could get a few fish over and buy a few fish like we're talking like thousands of people that could make a really big impact on yeah. so rare but thousands of people in fifa is literally like one uh, percent not even like 0.5 percent or something of people in there so like i do think that there's a world in where there's a bunch of people that could come over and i think that they should definitely still look at fifa to market but for me the main source of marketing should be those demographics that are going to actually enjoy the platform a lot more um and that being said like i don't i i you know if so i came to me tomorrow and said name me five channels to promote on it'd take me a while i'd be able to find them but it would take me a while so i understand that they probably four more exactly it's saber it's saber so rare it's saber so rare on twitter um so no i think uh like it would take me some time so i do appreciate they probably spent a good chunk of time actually figuring out the right people to promote on um and i, and I do appreciate that they i think have a better strategy now than they did and i think that they've got a lot of work out for them to to market this thing but yeah, like there's definitely there's definitely room for it. It's interesting. I think we'll see we'll sort of see what happens in, in that regard um, in the future with Sora as well. Um, so, but yeah, long long answer short, I'm going on a tangent now. I do think there's there's room for FIFA in the Sora marketing campaign, but I think that there is a small like if if it was me, I'd be like me Nep and Chani would be like the three I would go after because you have that organic promotion as well as the the paid marketing, right? Because we the way we talk about so rare versus the way that somebody else that has no idea how so rare works would talk about it if you approach them. We could actually market the game. The way we talk about it would inspire people to play it. The way that, you know, somebody else talks about it in the in in that community, it would be reading off a script. It'd be robotic. Just so rare is a fantasy platform game and you can get these cards and you know what I mean? Whereas we actually would I'd spend five minutes talking about it in a video. Like I'd be, I'd be covering everything and trying to actually inspire people to play. I was one of those people like in my, before I came to Sora data, like Rotowire where I used to work, like Sora ad, like did ad buys on our streams and podcasts. And like, I, that's, I was like, Sora is an NFT fan. And I'm like, I've like told the story, but I remember when I met with Brian O'Hagan, who's like their growth lead mm -hmm. before we started the, the ad deal and he was like explaining Sawyer to me and I was like, this is like incredibly stupid. Like there's no way I would ever do this. I don't, I, nobody who watches this stuff, like, but it was more the NFT issue that I had. Like I didn't, were you into NFTs at all? Yeah. No, not into NFTs. I wasn't into crypto either. And yeah. I think that's been the biggest stumbling block for Sawyer over the last few years. Like that's, that's the biggest thing. I think when they introduced the fiat wallet, They've got a. They've got to do a huge campaign, I think, after that to try and distance themselves from this idea that it's just an NFC crypto game. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and I think they agree with it also, so, which is why they're going through all of that trouble. But the <clears throat> where was I going with that? Nepenthe sucks. I think it's the last thing you said. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Where was I going with that? That's going to bother me now. I'll remember it in three this days. This is age, man. Age is a crazy thing. I tell you. I tell you. Um, what was I even talking about? So you were, you were telling me about your time in the war. And... 
I got it. I don't really have it, but I'm gonna. I'm just gonna start something else. So, the I'm already picturing the pushback. Oh, it was when I was reading reading the ad reads. That's what it was. Light bulb moment. Yeah. <laughs> so the you basically have two. Like I can picture the negative responses of everything that you just said, which is just like terrible that it that's where I came to but I'm on the internet a lot so it is what it is but like people you see people just do these ad reads and you're just like well they don't care they're just getting paid to do the ad and it's like yes that's how ads work literally fundamentally that's how they work but on the flip side I I see people who would watch like you or Nep or Chani be like this is so weird. this is so great and the response is just like well you guys are on, already on it you need new users to pump your bags you're not really into it, but you guys are like so obviously into it, but it's like easy to just like push that away and just be like, no, 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 you're just trying to make a buck from them. Yeah. And I don't know how you get over that step either. There's no, like the middle and the middle ground doesn't make sense either for that, for so rare to be throwing money at people who are, I don't even know what the middle ground is of like, you're either in it or you're not, but that's a tricky spot for them for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I've always thought that a really good route that could go down go down is is approaching some of the guys that actually play so rare that that are footballers. Like you Griezmann's, yeah. I think is it Daily Blind plays it or like is it, there's did, someone yeah. from Ajax and there were a like, bunch of guys on the team. That yeah, did, yeah, like they, they, like I feel like that would have been a good a good approach is getting some of the some of the footballers that play so rare to promote that to promote so rare because then you get this like the cult following of like that either that player or that team. And they might even if they just go in and just buy players from that team, right? Like you have you have a, another avenue there, and I think that that could be a good way to explore it. But yeah, it's tough. Um, especially I don't talk about Sora now on my main channels without being paid to, and it's not because I don't want to, but it's because first of all, I know my value. Um, but it's mainly because if I talk about Sora, all the people assume as I'm being paid to do it anyway, and it's the same with Net, yeah. and it's like. And it's hard to then, I wish people understood how sort of advertising law worked. I can't sit here and tell you I'm not being paid whilst being paid. I'd be breaking the law. I sure. like, so if I tell you I'm not being paid, I'm not being paid to say these things, but people don't realize that, that there's legal implications if I was to lie about that. So they just assume I'm lying anyway. Um, so now I just want, if I'm talking about it, in my main socials, I want to be paid anyway. So if people assume I'm being paid, then they're right, I guess. Um, but like, that's that's always been the di the difficult thing because I I look at Nep and Nep talking about it and all people say in his replies are you're being paid to say this you being and it's and it is really frustrating even if it's not me that's it, it's being said to because it's like you have to be an idiot not to see the love that this man has for this game you have to be utterly stupid to see that he's like there's a difference between when people shill something or they're being paid to say something to when someone actually is passionate about something. And the fact that these these idiots in the replies don't see that he just is passionate about so rare, it just it's mind numbing to me. Like, do you know how much you would have to pay somebody to stream nine hours oh, of just man. ad content? Like, <laughs> just, bro, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Like, it's just not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think the the whole idea of you putting so rare stuff on your main channel is really interesting to me in the fact that people think you should just do it like on your yeah. own. And 
I feel like it's just one of those things that if anyone who like had a response, like was saying that, like you should just put it on your main channel, took like 30 seconds to like really think about it. Like, obviously you should not do that. Like it's the equivalent of you going to work, like somebody else going to work. And instead of working, you're just telling all of your friends about so rare or trying to get them to sign up. And it's like, you wouldn't spend your day doing that, but like, yeah, that's your job. Like you're, you're not going to just like, change what you're doing at work just because of so rare literally most it's like just play so rare at work anyway <laughs> yeah to be fair um <laughs> yeah no i mean that's one of the reasons why it took so long to start start a so rare channel is i didn't want to start doing so rare content and forfeit the ability to actually get a bag from it like so full disclosure i had a three-month ambassadorship with so rare around the world cup time uh, and I got paid. Uh, they paid me quite well as well. Like, like they, it was a decent, it was a decent amount of money what they paid me. I wish I could say, but NDAs and shit. Um, but like, so I had a three month ambassadorship, um, and then I had a a two month deal after that, which was a considerably less, but it was a lot less work as well. There was a lot less to be done. And then they basically put it on hold and, until the new season. I don't think I'm ever getting paid from Soro again. I'd love to. But I don't think I, I just think now it probably they probably don't approach me ever again to work with them. Not because they don't like me, just because like I just don't think that they'll ever do it again. Given the fact I it now make sure you're content. already in there. Maybe I don't know. I think it's one of those where it's like that's why I waited so long because I knew there was interest from their side to work with me. And if I started doing free content like NEP, why would they pay me to do something they know they can get for free anyway? So it's like that's that's a worry and that's why i've kept so off my main channels because if that's paid work for me like that's my job i need to make money i can't be giving companies free advertisement over there um but unfortunately yeah, i think now that i do so content and I, they know i love it they know i'm flipping hooked they've got me around the little finger they know that they probably never have to pay me again and i'll still i'll still you know talk about it here and there and stuff yeah but don't don't you think that if they paid you and and this is probably more of like a question about a personality trait but like wouldn't you feel or would you feel more obligated to get people to sign up yeah i think it would be like here's the funny thing i've never promoted my affiliate link i have never i i saw so i had a track i had a tracker link to promote for them um and but i didn't get anything from that link i didn't i didn't get a affiliate bonus like a percentage bonus and i didn't get an affiliate card either and i've never actually promoted my affiliate link mainly because i don't want people thinking that when i post about so rare it's because i want something from them it's yeah. just because i enjoy it so i've never promoted my affiliate link before um i've never like take like so whenever i've promoted a link i've never got anything from that if you if you've ever signed up to so rare from a it's a tracker link I've never received a dime from that. I always had a fixed salary and that was it. Um, and going forward, like if I was to work with SoRare, if, if I got to choose what we'd do, I would much prefer to do the sort of stuff John would do where it's like promoting it organically through doing something with them. So like going to a training ground and talking to players and getting content that way. I hate doing ad reads. Ad reads suck and ad reads don't, they work, but they don't work the same way that seeing someone having a lot of fun doing something because another company got them to do it has that same effect, right? Like if they, if they sent me to Carrington, which is United's training ground tomorrow and said, here, go talk to Mason Mount, Raphael Varane, these guys, go and do a challenge with them and and it's all because of so rare we'll have all our branding on it and stuff like that that i think would first of all do considerably better on my channel 
and do way more numbers but i think it would also do way better in terms of conversion as well but instead like it's just like the stuff i ever, ever did with them was just ad reads and stuff and although like i can passionately do it and i think i'm way better at doing it than half the people they'll go and pay next next season to do it like it doesn't have that same sort of effect and i think you like i've messaged you about like organic marketing is my favorite type of marketing and I, I remember messaging you with different ideas for the so rare data marketing like stuff mm -hmm. it's just something i'm really obsessed with i love marketing in general and like that organic marketing like that route and stuff like that um and that's where i think the focus should always be when it comes to uh, you do need the ad reasons like that but that's where i think the focus should be um but i just don't think so rare maybe they do i don't think so rare will approach me with that sort of stuff i mean they have john john's like the guy to do it right they need other people to do it as well, but John's like the guy to do it. But like, I don't think that, so I don't think I'll ever get help with that sort of stuff again. So I talked to John yesterday about it. And for anyone who is watching this, like when it posts next week, you have already heard John talk about it a little bit, but you have not because it no, hasn't not. come out yet. But the, one of the things that I brought up with these videos that he does, like when they send him to Napoli or AC Milan or wherever is there is clearly a so rare part of it, but so rare is not it. Yeah, like exactly. It, yeah. The point of the video is not so rare. And frankly, that's why the videos, uh, this is going to sound awful. That's why the videos are good because it's not just like a eight minute ad for so rare. But like when he does the like guess the order game with the cards or like pass the ball and have it stop on the card, like obviously those are so rare cards and like people, it just need you it's meant for people to be like, Oh, what are those cards? And it's like, Oh, it's so rare. Well, it's so rare. And then that just kind of leads the whole conversation. But the, I, I wonder how far that stuff can take, can take so rare. Does that make sense? I get what you're saying. I think that for me, I think the, I think it can take you a lot further than going and getting a YouTuber that focuses on football sure. and giving him a 90 second ad read and putting on a video, but also like they, they will get to a point where so needs to approach a more widestream audience. And whether that's now or in the future, like they, they, there's going to be points. That's how growth works, right? They're going to, they're going to have to level up at some point for me. I don't even know if the so rare cards are really necessary in that kind of thing. Like let's say, let's say John did a shooting challenge with the Napoli players or something like that. Right. And they did it. They got a really good video out of it and he got to post it as a long form video, just wearing so rare shirts, having a so rare branded football, having like so rare in the background, that's more than enough. You don't need to incorporate so rare cards because ultimately I think from my experience with a lot of people that have been onboarded to so rare from my experience, people need to learn it by themselves they don't need to go out and be told, go and get a limited card. They need to get onto the platform and figure out what a limited card is and then decide if that's what they want. Because I think if you just tell them to go and buy a limited card with real money, they, they're going to sit there and say, why the, Why on earth would I buy some random card on, on a website that I have no interest in right now? You know what I mean? Like, And that's always been, I think, one of the, the fundamental issues with promoting so rare is you can't just go and say, go and buy this card because people aren't idiots. And they're not going to sit there and be like, yeah, okay, I'll go buy it without doing any research into it. Like almost everyone I know into so rare is like has, there are some people that will go and do that. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people will need to almost um, gain trust by figuring it out themselves. And I think you have to push them in the right direction rather than, than, show them the right direction and tell them to go that way. Yeah. That always, like 
got me when people do videos of like how to get started on so rare. And it always fundamentally is like finding the cheapest possible way to do it. Mm -hmm. And it ignores the fact that some people come in and they're like, I would like to spend $10,000 on this because I have yeah. $10,000 to lay it on fire. And you're like, well, go buy three limited cards and play the rare semi-pro. And it's like, people don't want to do that. Exactly. That, what you said kind of reminded or pushed me back to something that we talked about at the beginning in terms of how you think they weren't like aggressive enough getting like in their marketing campaigns, either before or after the, the World Cup. But I remember, I think it was, it might've been Nicola, maybe it was Dan, but somebody kind of commented that they were waiting to do like a huge marketing push. Oh, it was actually in response when they signed Mbappe as an ambassador and they were, and everyone's like, you know, one Instagram post from Mbappe about so rare and we're going to the moon. And they basically admitted that they didn't think the site was ready for hundreds of thousands of people to be interested in it yet. And there have been a lot of changes to the game that make it both easy to play and exceptionally complicated that they were like, oh, if you just want to play the Prem, we have that. Like, don't worry. And then you go to the, the lobby and there are 48 contests that you can enter. Yeah, it's, like, it's overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. And I think it makes sense that you don't want to get so many people interested in something that may not be ready yet. Like the more people that you have who are like, yes, I'm interested in that. And they go to your site and they're like, this is way too complicated. I'm out. And they never come back. And when they are with people and somebody else is like, Hey, have you ever heard of so rare? And they're like, I don't even start. Cause it's really too, you don't want any of that. Like that's the negative feeling that there's, you have to avoid. Mm -hmm. And yet we're all like, you need to start marketing more because we need more users. And I, I just, I personally can't see what, what needs to happen where the game stays. Like, I think the complexity of the game is a positive, but maybe just cause I've been around long enough, but it needs to be easy where people come in and they're like, okay, I like this. I'm going to keep going. And they're just not there yet. And I don't think a fiat wallet solves that. I mean, it's a no, big part of it. Yeah. But there's like, they're like, fundamental things that need to be adjusted. And I think the lobby itself, I think, I can't remember if they actually, I'm going to just look at it right now for a second. Like if you can, like if you're somebody new and you just go to the upcoming contests, like if it just showed you amateur, because you don't own any cards, like I think that's helpful. Like I think it's overwhelming to like I have think to it go does, in. Yeah. Does it do I think that? there's like a recommended thing. Recommended, so I think right. like, um, I think there's a thing that's auto ticked called show recommended competitions. So for me, like when I go to the landing page, I've got, I've got four limited, uh, five or six rare, five super rare, and then Academy. Right, have the cards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think like, I think, yeah, I think it'd be a lot more, uh, streamlined for someone that's brand new. That's fair. So there's great. They've solved it. Let's go with the marketing push now. No, I, no, I, yeah. say... I do agree with what you're saying though. I think, I think you're spot on with the overwhelming nature of it. But then I think right now our biggest issue is that I, like, I agree. I don't think a mainstream push is what we need right now. I almost think what we could do with right now is people like, I like the strategy of promoting through someone like Pranksy, 
someone that's heavy in the NFT and crypto world, because ultimately this is still an NFT crypto game. This isn't yeah. a football game. And for a, it won't be a football game, foc- a fully focused football game for a very long time, I think still. But when it does become that, that's when you start doing large marketing campaigns with people like Mbappe. That's when you buy advertisement space on TV before a Premier League game and stuff like that. That's that's when you do that huge push. I think now is the time where you're trying to focus on NFT guys and crypto guys and maybe the odd influencer and, and things like that. That's where we're at now. Yeah, it. but we also, I feel like we constantly look at it as that's the... Not that that's the only place we should go, but we're like, you should go get the NFT guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, so okay. like, yeah. And it's like, but but part of the NFT, like going after the NFT people are just like, those are people with money that have mm-hmm. used it on JPEGs. Exactly. So like, yeah. And Pranksy, whether it's organic or not, seems to be really into football. So like, yeah. And there are enough people with disposable JPEG income who like football and like they mm-hmm. should be playing on so rare. And yeah. obviously it's not as easy as just going outside and being like, oh, I know that you're interested in that. So you come over, but like, those are the things that they can do. The, the one thing that a lot of people have been talking about recently is that they're not ready for the Prem yet. So like, we're still a month out from the Premier League starting, but FPL is like up and running. And I don't know why people tag me in things like this on Twitter, but I, but I get asked that like, shouldn't they launch now? Cause then everybody's sharing their FPL teams and talking about prices and why isn't so rare doing this. And I realize that like the biggest thing issue they have right now is they're totally dependent on the cards and mm-hmm. we don't have cards for the new season yet. And they can't really do them yet because of transfers and all this stuff. And if somebody transfers in and then, and they're like, Oh, I really want them for my FPL team. Like, why are they wearing a Ajax shirt? in this card because they play for I'm just making things up at this point, but like, I know what you're saying. Yeah. They, I think in an ideal world, the opening weekend of the premier league amateur game would be open right now, but there's like a dynamic of the game that like doesn't allow it. And I feel like that's the thing that they need to, to figure out because we saw it with the, well, the, NBA, the MLB launch was like mid season. So that was a little difficult one, but like the NBA launch, it's like they, they treat seasons like they start when the seasons start as opposed to a month or two months before. Like that's when yeah. people are interested. People want to play FPL right now. Like they'll give uh, up yeah. in October, but they want to play right now, even though yeah, they're no matches. I agree. I agree. That hype is that there. The, the, the interesting thing is that I don't think it's the same like way with, with so rare as it is with FPL, right? Because here's my issue is that they've spent the last sort of three months with a huge focus on making the market stable again, which I think is one of the most important things for bringing in new users and retaining them. Because if a new user came in, put a hundred pounds in, that's worth 50 pounds in a week. They ain't staying. They're going. There's no trust whatsoever there. So I think one of their main things for getting new users in recently is to try and stabilize the market, which I think they've done a pretty good job of. But if they go now and they drop the Premier League tomorrow, like and the new season cards from the Premier League, and if they did that, they'd probably have to do it for all the other leagues as well. The big issue is all of a sudden, a lot more cards get flooded onto the market and the price of these cards ultimately will end up going down a little bit because the supply will way outweigh the demand that we currently have. And they're not 
doing a big ad campaign right now that's bringing in loads of new users. So all of a sudden, that market sentiment they've spent the last three months building up is going to shift a little bit. And we're going to go back to those days where people thought that share rate was going to zero every day because a gallery valuation dropped under $500 or whatever. So it's like they're in a, they're in a really tough spot at the moment. I think what they... I haven't looked at the auction market on on so rare, but I think what would probably make a lot of sense is if they really dried up the auctions for whatever league they're bringing in next. They dry it, they dry it up significantly um, for maybe a week or two or something, and then they drop the league when it seems demand is high and the prices are going really high for these cards, so that you can then drop the new league and the demand can then meet those those yeah. uh, support the new supply. I think that's probably the best thing you can do because right now, the last thing we need right now with the confidence they're building, especially with the current users, is that to be wiped away by over-minting that people don't realize actually is not over-minting. It's just the market correcting itself, but they think it's over-minting because their card, their terrible cards that score Alpha Fina 45 but get 100 points six, six years ago in, in the second division of Yugoslavia, like... They, they don't realize that those cards no one wants, but they, they get worried when those cards are going to absolutely nothing. So yeah, I think like it, they're in a tough spot right now. But I, I will say that I am more confident than ever that they're making the right choices because it feels like, although every now and then they drop an update a day before it happens and be like, hey, you go, you fucking good luck with drawing now, bitch. Like give us 5%. Um, I think like every now and then they drop one of those. But at the, at the moment I'm confident I trust so rare. And that's the main thing because... Although new users is great, we make up the market right now. We make up so rare. And if they lose us and they lose the trust in us, like the, there's no point even getting new users because we are the like the, the current user base right now is the backbone of so rare and losing them, you could you couldn't you can't replace the current user base of so rare. It's impossible because we are like there, there is probably let's say let's say out I, I don't know how many users Sora has. Let's say Sora had a million users right now. I know they don't, but let's say they did just for all intents and purposes. I would be shocked if there was another million people that would care as much as we do about Sora that you could get in in ten years. You know what I mean? Like I just think it's so. I think keeping us happy is is as important as bringing in new users and finding that balance is is difficult. I mean, surely the first million or first. 100,000 users will be your most passionate ones. Absolutely. I mean, that yes and no, because I think you can find someone that just hasn't heard about So Rare that is as passionate about as someone that got in at number 10, right? Like, so yeah, but I, I, I just meant like your first 100,000 are going to be overall more passionate than your next 100,000 and then the subsequent 100,000 in terms of like average enthusiasm amongst the group. I, uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I understand what you said. Yeah. I do agree. I, yeah like yeah i think bottom line is just about like you can't you can't just get new users in and then expect everyone like if if it like and this is what i was worried about my big worry last year was that so rare were, were correcting the market because they thought the only way to get new users in was lowering the market significantly and my worry was that they weren't thinking about the implications that would have on somebody that's been in the game for a while that spends their excess money for a while and still spends their money on the game like I would be willing to bet majority of the money they make are from people that have been playing the game now for a considerable amount of time over people that have been in the game for a short period of time, you know? It's funny you talk about the falling prices because I was talking to somebody the other day about how it was basically that market correction and 
the thought was, how do you convince new people to join if they see that prices have been falling? And my response was, new people have absolutely no idea that prices have fallen. Like they know what the prices are today, but like most people who join and just, they just don't look at what something cost six months ago. Like they don't, some yeah. do, but like, I'm telling you, like most people will come in and be like, how much does that Helen card cost? And you're like $200. And they're like, okay, seems high, but he's really good. And it's yeah. not until like weeks later that they're like, this card used to be 2000. And then it's yeah. just like, they're already in at that point. Yeah. I agree with you, but I do think, I, I think the people that I, that would check for the last six months are actually more likely the people that are going to spend more money because they're the ones that will do their due diligence. And they're the I'll ones that are actually, I like think are the ones that it, it's a, it's a really weird one. I think, I, I think the market correction was necessary. I think it was a, a lot harsher than it had to be. Like, I think a more gradual c correction would have been nicer. Like I paid, <laughs> I, I bought my Kimmich. Let me tell you right now, because Kimmich is my prized possession on Sarah, right? He's my favorite card. He's one of, if not my favorite player in real life as well. Um, does it have a date on Sarah when I bought the card? Um, it will have it on Sarah data, right? The day I bought the card. Um, Josh Kimmich. I picked up Josh Kimmich on the 21st of March, 2022. So just over a year ago, a year and two months ago, roughly. Um, and I paid at the time 5.2 ETH, which at the time was worth 12,000 pounds. Kimmich is now, his last sale was 2 ETH, which at, at this current moment in time, 2 Ethereum is worth 3,000 pounds. Three thousand pounds. It. So the thing is, does that sting? Yes, it hurts, man. It does hurt to know that I have essentially lost eight thousand pounds in a year on just one card. That does hurt, but it doesn't hurt as much knowing that I am paying a price for the game staying alive and for the thing I love continuing. I am. I do not care about that eight grand or effectively let's say the 80 grand that my gallery has gone down in the last year uh, via like whatever i don't care as much about losing that money if it means i get three years more of so rare or five five years more or ten years more of so rare with these cards that i bought and stuff like that and the enjoyment i have it's worth it to me because ultimately i think although that some of us were unlucky in the time we got in me especially and nep especially and Chani especially like we're, we're paying a price for the longevity of something that we really enjoy and someone had to so like someone was going to get burned and unfortunately in this case it was us but at the same time if i get like kimmich is 28 right now kimmich plays until he's 33 right at the moment so i paid 5.2 e for that card and in a year he's he's won me just himself uh 1.5 ethan cards and one point 0.155 ethan just ethereum right including another it, gimmick exactly so let's call it 1.7 eth and that's in one year if i can get the same return out of him for the next until he's 32 years old the next four years i've made back and more what i paid for him and i still have the gimmick that i can sell so yeah. it's not like i don't mind playing the long game in that regard and i know obviously earlier in the podcast i said i think sorry i'll go to zero at some point and i do think it'll go to zero but i don't like 
I, I think so rare and so rare are two different things. There's so rare the name and there's so rare the game. I don't think the game ever dies. I think the like the the original company, they the, like me saying this, they absolutely could get it spot on. And if they continue the trajectory they're going with how they've been doing things, I don't think they will die. But it yeah. like I just think that there's always that one decision they can make that can ultimately ruin it. And that's why I get scared. And I'm a very negative person in that regard. I'm a bit like Sean. Sean's a, Sean's the most negative person I've ever met in my entire life. That guy. Oh, really? That guy's house is black and white. Um, so like, I'm pretty sure he actually sees in black and white as well. Um, but like, so I'm a bit like Sean in that. I'm a bit of a pessimist in that regard. Um, in my heart, I hope it never goes to zero. I want it to continue for 50 years. But like, you know, I'm a pessimist. So I'm just like, I'm like almost mentally preparing myself for that. But um, yeah, if I if 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 when Kimmich is thirty two years old, I've won like I, I've I've had the same results and I've won back what I paid for Kimmich and whatnot. I don't care about losing that money now. Like it sucked at the time, but like it was worth it to to have that Kimmich for as long as I have and and whatnot. So I don't like yeah. For me, it's like it's still it stings, it hurts, um, but it was necessary if it brings in stability, control, and new users all at the same time that will continue keeping this game afloat and the thing that i love afloat i don't mind taking the hit you're like you're cutting your arm off to save the body right like i don't mind you know although I when i am homeless the, in a year time you know i will care i think one of the clearest examples of how much you nep and chani love this game is just what you said all three of you came in at like the absolute peak and you're still here yeah. And obviously there it's really difficult for a lot of people to like see to experience basically your cards card values going down or whatever it is and all three of you and it's not like you all came in and spent a hundred dollars and now it's we're 100 pounds and now it's worth 20 mm -hmm. but obviously you've gotten a ton out of it and like not even just financially because that money's gone in Anyway. Yeah, if I, I've, I've literally gained nothing financially out of it. All the money I got paid from Sora over that ambassadorship, I literally put back into Sora, by the way. Yeah. So it would be smart for Sora to actually promote because it'd be free promotion because I would genuinely put it all back into Sora. I'm not even joking. Like they would effectively be money washing money through me. In fact, so rare. That's a great idea. Do you know is, what? Yeah. Could we cut this part out? I'm going to message my manager and we're going to figure something out here. I think there's some kind of illegal shit we could do that would work in favor of all of us. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty cool yeah uh if the fbi are watching ignore everything i just said <laughs> <laughs> i think we should just stop there before we start getting ourselves into real trouble um so yeah thank you so much uh haber for coming on uh and for uh filling a spot this week it's uh it's been a lot anytime, of fun Jeff. anytime are you are you doing a scheduled stream every day or are you just doing oh by the way it's at it's haber sower on youtube and twitter go over there and subscribe to that's that me um i'm literally just streaming whenever i'm like not doing anything i can't lie that being said i just got I just, I just secured my angelino deal Ooh. we picked up the super angelino i think i, I paid 0.8 in the end which i don't mind too much it's a lot less than the one eth that i thought i was gonna have to pay so happy about that um there you go so yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The streams are just like whatever. Really, it's kind of like uh, oh, I'm doing nothing for the next three hours. Let's just pop a stream on and chat to some people about Sora and stuff. So yeah. All right. Well, 
everyone go over there subscribe to the channel throw that little bell on so that you know when he's streaming i will say haber's very good at titling things that make me want to click on it you're <laughs> so like i'll do this quick story first uh, last week or the week before sean sends me a message and he's like yeah haber must have been like talking about me on his stream and i was like what do you mean he's like well i just got this notification from twitch like that he mentioned me in it and i was like I think he literally titles it mentioned you or something like that. And I was like, so yeah. everybody gets yeah. this. So I'm, I apologize for ruining that secret, but. Oh uh, no, it's uh, right. people know it by now, but that stopped, that's kind of stopped working now, unfortunately, but it did for a little while. The first few times I did that, um, it, it worked, a it worked really well. It was quite funny. The amount of people that come in like, Oh, you talking about me? Like, yeah. no. No, no. but now that you're here, welcome. It's quite funny. Yeah, now that you're here, um, yeah. my favorite ever YouTube title, sorry, just randomly before we end, I titled a video like, I just want to find it real quick. It was like, uh, <laughs> this title was my favorite for Game Week 349. This week's Lawrence, but like, I'm going to sell my gallery to Pavel if I get another DMP. <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> ever YouTube title. So, uh, Oh, we didn't talk about Pavel. Well, we'll have to have you again. we got uh, 10 minutes to spare, lad. We get... We Talk to me You're about right. Pavel. Come on. So, guys, we're not ending the video just yet. Yeah, right? sorry. Ignore yeah. that outro. We're back. The total, yeah. We're I was, was going to say, I'll cut it. I'll, I'll cut it and I'll do it. I'll just place it at the end, but there's absolutely no way I'm doing that. So, we'll just keep going. No, we're the, back. So, Pavel, or excuse me, Spicer sold all of his football cards to Pavel. Oh, it was like And Christmas. we were talking earlier this week just about like what happens when traders get cards that you want and oh, all man. of the vultures come out. It was absolutely fantastic to see how many yeah. people were like, oh my God, look at all these cards. And we all like rush over to see what kind of junk we can send. I got a Gabriel Florentin super rare. I wanted to get a, a Joseph Misich, but somebody beat me to it. And all these other people are like, did you see he has this card? And it's really funny when people share news like that. And you're like, I didn't see that, but... <laughs> and they just like run over to do their own. Did you get anything out of the, uh, out of the deal? Uh, yeah, so I picked up, um, I picked up rare Coman and rare Delict for, um, I basically sent him like four super rares that hadn't sold in six months, um, uh, for those do. two, for those two very liquid rare cards, which obviously make a lot of sense for the buying players I've got in my gallery as well. And then like the other day I got a super rare Fred as well, because I think he'll get a good move at some point. Um, I, I went for like another couple of cards, but I, we spoke about this before. There was somebody that I, I went for a certain card. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to uh, offend anyone, but I went for a certain card and Pavel kept rejecting it. I'm like, why is this guy rejecting? These are good offers. Pavel usually accept these kinds of offers. They're like ETH plus player deals and stuff. And then I realized he then sold the card to some idiot that overpaid like crazy, sent him such a stupid offer. And I'm like, now I know why Pavel's rejecting it because he's playing this moron for like, 3x what i was offering him and like all like this guy gave him the sun moon and stars for like this card that could be good but also actually had a really big risk involved as well so it was like that one was frustrating i, I it was just funny though it literally felt like we were rioting and like yes. looting stores like it felt like someone it felt like there was a riot going on and someone said hey walmart's been cracked open get yourself down here grab a tv or some shit and we all just went running and like grabbing speakers and tvs and bicycles and crap from walmart it was like the craziest like and it was 
the, the funny, I've never seen the community become so like as one. Everyone did the same thing on the same day. Yes. Who would have thought that Spicer selling his gallery to Pavel would have been like the biggest event in the last three months in the so rare community given everything that we've had announcement wise as well it was like everyone it was like it was pavel's birthday as well like that was even the crazy part, was the part yeah. I, uh, do you know have you ever wondered i really would love to know how much profit pavel made in that day in terms of opportunity cost like obviously yeah. he got a lot of cards back but like I would have, I'd be willing to bet Pavel made at least $50,000 in opportunity cost that day, at least with some of the cards he got like crazy. It's yeah. It, it, it was a ton of fun. And I love that. I, I was streaming at the time and like my whole, uh, like uh, 20 people came in my chat were like, check Pavel's gallery. When I, when I look at Pavel's gallery, I like to call it dumpster diving. Like sure. half the time, that's what you're doing. Right. But like, they were like, check Pavel's gallery. And it made me realize I put something in a Discord we're in and I was like, how essential Pavel is to so rare. And it, that day made me realize like the one thing Pavel does, and I don't think people realize is he gives hope to people that are absolutely hopeless. There are and no offense if, if you are in this category, but it is brutally, honestly true. There are so many idiots in so rare that buy the dumbest cards that make no sense. And then in two months time, when they've won nothing with these terrible cards, they they're either complaining about so rare or they want to get rid of them and they just want to leave right pavel gives hope to those hopeless people that don't understand how to get a good card because he will take that crap off your hands that you can't sell to anybody with half a brain he will take that crap off your hands for something that actually is maybe a, actually not an awful buy and what i think a lot of people because myself I, I i used to do this as well like a year ago the amount of trade i did with pavel i reckon out of the 80 grand I've lost for, in so rare, I, I reckon like 15 of that is probably through just trading with Pavel and taking a percentage loss. But I was that exact guy. I I bought someone, either, either I bought it without thinking or do, bought it without doing research and then realized it was a terrible idea and then went and like traded it to Pavel. That excitement you get about getting that brand new card in the gallery and getting rid of all that crap that you've not liked for a long time and you've wanted to get rid of for a long time. That excitement, it feels like your so rare journey is just reset and it's changed and your trajectory is all of a sudden on this massive pathway that you weren't on before. And if Pavel wasn't there, those hopeless people probably would have just left so rare. But instead, like the amount of people I would I'd be interested to know how many people have done a deal with Pavel that have kept them on so rare and then they've they've ended up like changing their trajectory completely and mm -hmm. ended up doing really well from so rare like that i would love to know so he's essential that guy as much as i give him shit that guy is important man that's an important man right there i also think it demonstrated the exit ability for people on the other side those who have really huge galleries yeah. that your exit is not zero mm -hmm. and that you can i mean obviously he's going to absolutely rake you for the percentage that you get but it's a lot more than zero. And oh, so, absolutely. I mean, somebody commented the other day that he writes in the Discord, like this main SoRare Discord, that he can buy galleries up to 400 ETH. Most people don't have 400 ETH galleries, but like to know that you have at least one exit opportunity at that level is really Absolutely, helpful. yeah. I mean, and, and like, there's been a few people that I think have had to leave SoRare quickly because mm -hmm. they've had something happen, like a situation yeah. happen, right? Like to have that ability is huge. Um, so it's one of those where, I, but the, the the tough thing is, right? Often the people that are complaining about about Pavel 
have the smallest galleries. They're playing maybe only limited and Pavel isn't interested in trading his limited for your limited. That's maybe worth a bit less or some crap like that. So if he's rejecting your offers constantly, it's because he just not, he has no interest in, in making yeah. a, a cent on a card. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, people need to realize that. So when I see a lot of complaints about Pavel, often it's those people, the, the amount of like whales or people with a big gallery that I talk to that have no issue with Pavel is huge. Like, like a lot of them like Pavel because like, you know, my gallery on survey data is worth about 27 ETH or something, or 28 ETH. I know that I could probably get 15 ETH tomorrow from Pavel if I wanted to sell it. Like, yeah. if I needed 15 ETH to go, like, like say, you know, there was some kind of family emergency, like, that, that, to have that is huge. So, you know, I, I think he gets a lot of stick, but often the loudest voices are the people that don't actually make much of a difference in terms of their, like, their voice in that regard, because... You know, Spicer, I think, was a huge voice in that in in regards to gallery valuation, and and you know, obviously, he's the inventor of play sharper as well. Like, he, he, or I think he's the inventor of play sharper. Yeah. So, like, he, he that guy had a really loud voice. He he didn't have any issue with Pavel. They're the people that that matter in terms of their voice. You know, well, not not sure. matters. Like, that's a dangerous thing to say. Like, everyone's voice matters, but like, they're the people that people listen to more. You know, Spicer absolutely. definitely has a louder voice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, that's that's me. We so now, now, if you got if you got lunch to have, I, I I'm smelling a, I'm smelling something cooking right now. We in have, your house. Well, I'm glad we at least were able to talk about Pavel because I did want to talk about that, and it would have been really unfortunate if we didn't get to it. But frankly, we should just do a different another show where it's just about Pavel. I I would love that, but I think Sean's got to be there as well. The one reason why I don't do a lot of deals with Pavel is because I'm scared of the scrutiny I'll get from Sean. That guy. And I said this to you, Sean's a little bit out of touch with the market sometimes. And he thinks that every card can sell tomorrow for what for a small a small haircut on the price. I don't think he understands what the word illiquid means when in regards to some cards. And he's always scrutinizing like certain deals without realizing that actually, like that super rare I have is not a 0.4 ETH card, Sean, unless you want to buy it from 0.4 ETH. No one else does. So Pavel taking it for 0.2 ETH is actually saving my bacon a little bit. So yeah, the I'm not going to go into it now, but yes. <laughs> Next week or the week after, we'll do a exactly, show with exactly. Sean, and we'll go so, into it and we'll and we'll do pair it. down. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Haber, and um, I'll probably just DM you in a few minutes about when we can get you back. Brilliant. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Thank you, sir. Good luck. Have a good one, guys. Thank for watching this video. 